Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Good job. Thanks, Kevin. So we're going to be in Galatians 2.20 today, but before we get there, I do actually have one more announcement. Um, most of you know uh, Ed. We had a, a gentleman named Ed at youth camp. Uh, he was a professional uh, NFL referee. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, un- unfortunately, uh, he couldn't be here to do announcements this morning because he is also a talented musician and he had to play in a band today, uh, this morning. So um, he was a- unable to be here. But um, so I'm going to be the substitute referee. There we go. All right, <laughs> good. Um, just for this one announcement, I, I, we do want to let you know that our equipped classes are coming up. Um, they're this Wednesday. Can you believe it? It's here already. July 5th at 7 p.m. Joe Ryer will be teaching our first class of the series, and the equipped classes are meant as uh, to be instruction for Christians, okay? We encourage uh, teenagers to attend these classes, um, but we also want to make parents aware that, that some of the content is of mature and sensitive nature where you may want to have conversations uh, with your teens. Um, child care will be provided for ages 1 through 11. If you have clearances, please consider helping uh, with child care for one of these classes, and you can contact the church office to sign up. Um, so I just wanted to kind of do that uh, real quick. Um, okay, so before we get into the Galatians as well, I, as a part of today, you guys know that this is Youth Sunday. I would like to first of all thank you as a church for all that you do, uh, for being so supportive and, and giving to our youth. We are so thankful for you. Um, so just to show you how many people support our youth ministry, okay? Would you be willing to, to raise your hand and leave it up for, for a second, okay? Leave it up for a bit in the air. If you helped the youth in any way in the past year, this could be volunteering at Transform. Go ahead, you can start raising your hand. Volunteering at, at Transform, at 1DC, at youth camp, um, or other events. How about providing snacks, um, for giving a donation of anything like cookies, money, miscellaneous items uh, that we have borrowed from you. If you've prayed for our youth at any time, if you've prayed for them, would you please raise your hand, okay? If, if you have taught in our children's ministry or, or have, uh, you know, helped the youth with technology or, or worship or anything like that, would you guys raise your hand in any way that you've done that? If you've given your child or one of their friends a ride to transform or to church or anything, could you raise your hand and leave it up? Um, if you've helped in any other way, even if, you ha- haven't, even if your kids haven't been to one of our events or, or any of our, 
are things, uh, but you are a parent um, of, a, of a teenager or young child, would you raise your hand? Okay, nice and high. Youth, I want you to look around. There's a ton of people that love and really care for each one of you. Okay? They love you a lot. And we want you to realize that, that they do care and support you. So thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you guys so much for all that you do for our youth ministry. Really, really appreciate it. So, all right. So, we have had a great month of June. We really have. Lots of, lots of things going on. What a blessing it is to have so many youth involved in the life of our church, okay? And as we talked to you before, we do have some people that are sharing their testimonies. And I would like one more person to come up and share their testimony. So I've asked Brennan to, to, to come up and actually share his testimony with you as well. Hello. Um, so my parents were actually going to this church before I was born. So uh, I've been here. I've been a part of this church body before I even uh, chose to be. Um, so I grew up in the church. I'm sure lots of you have seen me running around at different times. Uh, and... Uh, I grew up wanting to be a Christian because I saw all these really cool older Christians around me. I was like, well, they look cool. How, sh how can I be cool like them? I should be a Christian. They're at church. That's cool. Uh, but I didn't really have like any other, um, I didn't really have any convictions about that. It was just very much a feeling and a visual thing and uh, I just kind of wanted to be a Christian because everyone around me was a Christian um, as I got older like when I was like 9 or 10 I started seeing friends get, getting baptized and I was like whoa that's how you become a Christian I want to get baptized um so I remember talking to my dad a lot and uh, about baptism, and I ended up getting baptized, I think, when I was 11. Um, but I didn't really make my faith my own until I was a little bit older. I was still kind of relying on my parents and the people around me and still kind of believed because of them. Um, as I got a little bit older, though, the Lord uh, used different things in my life, different people and different struggles I had to kind of bring me to him and show me uh, that I could actually have a relationship with him. And it wasn't uh, someone else's relationship, but it was my relationship with him. And there wasn't really a moment where I was like, okay, I wasn't saved, now I am. It, it wasn't abrupt, but kind of as I got older, I began to realize I'm different. Some of my friends around me, they're different. They're changing. What is this? 
and began to realize and just see the Lord working in myself, in friends around me. Um, and one of the funny things about when I first got baptized and uh, really wanted to be a Christian is when I became a Christian, there was, or when I got baptized, there was a part of me that expected me to be perfect now because I was a Christian. I was like, whoo I'm a Christian. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be great. No sins. This is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> that's what you, you guys are all perfect, right? <laughs> um, and as I got older, that was part of when the Lord, uh, that's one of the things the Lord showed me is, no, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. And no one but Jesus is perfect. And the only way that I, uh, the only thing I can do is put my trust in him and uh, wait for him to grow me uh, in the ways he, uh, in the things he wants me to grow in. I, I can't force myself to be perfect by doing anything that's, any good thing I do is all from him and by his grace. And so, uh, just to finish up, I, I would encourage you guys, if there's anyone who feels like they have to be perfect or they, uh, they're a Christian but they're not a good one because they aren't perfect like all, all these other perfect Christians in the room, um, you, you don't have to be perfect, and you can't be perfect even if you want to be. But Jesus still loves you, and that doesn't make you any less of a Christian. It doesn't make your faith any less strong, any less in him. Um, and so despite us being a sinner, we can all still uh, live in communion, fellowship together, and worship our perfect, righteous, wonderful Lord. Thank you, guys. Good job. So we've been encouraging the youth to share their story, and we would say the same to you. Tom Parkinson uh, said in his book that you can't know me until you know my story, and I can't know you until you share your story with me. And, stuff. and so it's important for us to build relationships with each other, that we tell our stories, that we share our testimonies, and get to know each other and know exactly where people are from. So at this point, we're going to get into the message. Um, while putting this message together, it was really difficult to try and summarize everything that we learned at youth camp. There were so, so many good teachings, so many good illustrations, so many good things that that took place. Um, I've attempted to do that this morning, uh, and so we're going to get into Galatians 2.20, okay? Our theme for the week was the time is now, and basically the overall message is for, these, uh, for anyone to start now. Don't put it off. Not later, not sometime, not next week, not next month, but now, okay? We considered several people from the Bible including David, Jeremiah, Joseph, Ruth, Moses, Peter, Paul, Joshua. We, we considered the fact that many of these biblical characters started when they started their walk when they were young, when they were teenagers. Um, they were often inexperienced. 
Their outward appearance was not necessarily what you would think of when you would think that God was choosing these people for his, for his work. Despite their age, though, and any inadequacies that they may have had, God was able to use them in amazing ways because of God's presence in their life, okay? So at camp, what we did, we, we took a look at how having a relationship with God, okay, transforms your life into who God wanted them to be at the exact time period that they were living in, okay? So again, just to, to, to review that, having a relationship with God transforms your life into who God wanted them to be for the exact time period that they were living, okay? That was kind of what we were looking at. And the main verse that we considered all week was Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read it one more time for us this morning. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We're going to be looking at this verse this morning in sections as we go. We're going to take, take it a section at a time as we go through this, okay? Uh, point number one that I have for you this morning is the time is now to surrender your life to Jesus. The time is now to surrender your life to Jesus. And we're going to start with the first section of Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. In order for us to understand the statement better, we need to take a look at some of the verses that actually come before this. In verses 15 through 19 of Galatians, Paul is actually making an argument against justification through works of the law, or justification as being counted righteous through works of the law, okay? So as a Pharisee, Paul would have known and followed the law religiously, he would have been really strong in that. And this is what he would have, would have probably found his confidence in, in following the law. But in this statement that he's making, he's now saying, I have been crucified with Christ. These words are a statement that, that Paul has completely changed the way he looked at things and the way that he was trying to live his life, okay? He no longer looks at the law as a way to get himself to heaven, but it reveals his sin. And he has repented and understands his need for a savior. He recognized that he was really a murderer and a sinner, and he now turns to the Lord. And with God's help, he is putting his old nature to death. I want you to notice a particular word in this sentence. Notice the word with in in this uh, verse. Paul speaks these words from a standpoint of his connection to Jesus. Okay, so it's not just a historical um, act of Jesus on the cross that is part of it. Um, and a part of our history, say, as Christians, but it's a present reality for those who place their faith in him. It's happening now. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are united to him and are no longer the same again, okay? 
our perspective actually changes, just like Paul's perspective changes. We are no longer condemned for our sin, and, and sin no longer has victory over us because we are with Christ. We have been justified or counted righteous through our faith in him. Okay? I want to give you a little bit of an example of this. Satin spoke to the girls that uh, my wife Satin uh, spoke to the girls um, at camp, and she gave an example of how our perspective changes when we put our faith in, in Jesus. Okay? So what she, what she did was she, she took an orange and told them, this kind of represents us. Okay? And we have a, a skin on here. Uh, there's uh, the skin of the orange, actually, kind of represents our our sin, our pride, our things things that we kind of hold um, on the outside of us, right? Okay. And when you put that in water, what happens? It floats. Okay. So that that orange is floating on water. Um, now. If when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, okay, we allow Jesus to sometimes peel away that outer layer of, of our sin and, and just everything that, um, you know, would maybe be contrary. And we, we gain a different perspective. We see what Jesus has done for us, okay? And when we put that orange in the water, what happens? It sinks. It goes to the bottom. Our perspective changes. And so the orange on top is almost like we're holding on to all this stuff. We're looking, and if you think of maybe God as the water in here, okay, we're kind of trying to stay on, on top on our own. We're, we're, we're trying to do this on our own. We have our own perspective, and, and sometimes it's hard to tread water. But when we let God peel away that outer layer, that sin in our life, that thing's our perspective changes. We are now immersed in God's love, in his, his, his forgiveness. And we see the, the broadness of God. We see all that he has done in, uh, in dying for us on the cross. And so our perspective changes when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So, he enables us to see from this different perspective, and we are able to see his character, God's character, and we are better able to understand how we are to live, which brings us to my second point. The time is now to live like Jesus. The time is now to live like Jesus. We're going to take a look at the section, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I love the way Judah Thomas actually brought this out in his message. He, he actually talked, um, he said, it is no longer I. It is no longer I. It is no longer I. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. We understand, when we understand that I can't do all the right things, we look for something else to put our faith in. Faith has to be connected to something, right? When we have faith, it's connected to something or someone that is faithful. Okay? Faith 
full. Jesus is certainly faithful and worthy of our faith. All right? When we place our faith in Jesus, he lives inside of us and he part, imparts life to us through his love and power because of what we now have inside of us. We, because when Jesus comes into our life, we now have Jesus to help us in all that we do. And we're able to sometimes do things that we weren't able to do previously, like overcome some of the sin that we struggle with. Jesus helps us. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. At camp, we talked about the story of when Samuel anointed David as king. And when God chose David to be king over Israel, he was looking at what was on the inside of David. Okay? And what he saw was a man after God's own heart. When the prophet Samuel went to Jesse and, and first saw David's brother Eliab, this handsome guy, big, probably strong, he thought, this has got to be the one that God will choose. But 1 Samuel 16, 7 tells us this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God wants a person's heart to be directed toward him. This is the soil that helps character to grow. Kara Smith helped us to understand this a little bit um, in ways that I, I didn't expect. Uh, she talked about the word humility. The root word of the word humility is actually humus, humus, which means grounded or from the earth, okay? So humility is a great soil in which to grow godly character. Just like plants do well in rich soil, when you have a humble person, God is able to grow much fruit in their life. In their life such as we learn about in Galatians 5. Galatians 5 tells us, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, or have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. So when we look at different Bible characters, we can see that many of them had a close relationship with God. And each of them were committed to following God. And it's because of that commitment, because of this relationship with God, that God was able to grow this character within them. Scott Dietrich gave us a great example of this, um, a great illustration of what it means to be committed. Okay, what does it mean to be committed? He made the statement that commitment looks like the thing that it's committed to. Commitment looks like the thing that it's committed to. 
Just think about the Olympics. The Olympics are coming up, right? You can see the difference between the athletes and what they're training for. Can you tell the difference between a weightlifter and a marathon runner? Can you usually tell the difference between a swimmer and a person that competes in shot put? You can usually tell what an athlete is committed to. And commitment looks like the thing that it's committed to. When we are committed to Jesus, he transforms our life. And we begin to look more and more like him. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 reminds us, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is a process. And when we get to heaven, it will be, it will be finished. But but God is transforming our bodies. He is transforming us into the likeness, into his likeness. And that process starts now. So my third point is the time is now to live in faith. The time is now to live in faith. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. God has a purpose for each person in the time that they live in, right? Okay? There is a reason that Moses wasn't born in 2015. There is a reason that Joe Ryer wasn't born in 300 BC, right? God wants to use you now okay, in this time to live out the life that he has given you and reach the world for Christ. The time for you to live is now. What seems to be holding you back? I think a lot of us say, you know, I'm not very good at dot, 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 you fill in the blank. I could never do dot, dot, dot. Where is the focus of those statements? Isn't it on our own flesh when we say things like this? We often forget who lives inside of us. And we lose faith in his ability to give us what we need to do what he wants us to do. Both good things and hard things. I want to to share with you, and I, I didn't bring it with me this morning, um, but I gave an example of a flashlight. The, the students know this flashlight that we had, and we have to understand that a flashlight in and of itself, it, without any power or energy inside of it, so take the batteries out, a flashlight by itself isn't very useful. You might be able to tap on some things to find out where you're going, but it doesn't really have power to light the path without the batteries that are inside of it. When we take ba batteries, when we take God and put it inside of our life, we can do a lot more things. We can light up the path in front of us. I had a flashlight that, that when I first got it, looked like an ordinary flashlight. I was, I was actually um, surprised 
to find out the more I use this flashlight, the more it could do, okay? It would turn on and light my path and that sort of thing, but it also had a telescoping head. I could reach out with it and, and actually kind of uh, put it in different directions. It would actually go in different directions. And the more I, I worked with this flashlight and the more I, I understood it, it was actually magnetic. I could put it up against things and things. So I discovered things that it was useful for that I had no idea were inside of this flashlight to start with. Isn't that a lot like us? God, when he power, puts his power inside of us, we can do some things that we never expected that we could do. We can do all sorts of things that we thought might have previously been impossible. I want to be careful here because I'm not saying that you will succeed in everything that you do. We may not succeed. There are times where our flesh fails us, okay? But you will be able to get through everything God calls you to, okay? We have to realize that we are still living in the flesh, and sometimes it will fail us, but we still serve a faithful God, and he'll get us through that. And even though we're still living in the flesh, we can have faith and confidence that God is with us. We have faith in God, okay? Um, I live by faith in what? The Son of God. We live by faith in the Son of God. God is the object of our focus, right? He's the object. Scott Wigner gave us a great illustration of this. How many of you have ridden bikes on the Hootlebug Trail or the Ghost Town Trail? Most of you have been there. If you've if you know bikes, every once in a while you come up and there's a gate across the path, right? And there's this little narrow opening uh, as, you're, as you're kind of going through these, these gates and you're thinking to myself, I hope I fit through that narrow <laughs> gate, right? And, and you're thinking, and, and you're looking, a lot of times, sometimes we look at those bars, those posts on either side, and what usually happens when you focus on those posts you hit them <laughs> a lot of times. You, you bump them with your, uh, your handlebar or something. What you focus on matters. You want to focus on the center of that opening, right? You want to focus on the center. And usually if you focus on the center, you make it straight through, okay? There is a difference in where you focus. You see, there's a difference in having faith or believing that God can do something and believing in God to do something. Jason Rummel shared a, a story, um, a really interesting story that, that kind of illustrates this. There was a police officer um, who at one point was in a situation where the, uh, the, another person pulled a gun on him. Okay, he pulled a gun, and he had a split the second, or he had a, a split second. <laughs> I'll get that out. Split second to make a decision on what to do. Okay, it was in that moment that he went and he understood the difference between believing that a bulletproof vest could stop a bullet to believing in 
the bulletproof vest to stop a bullet. In that moment, his perspective changed. He believed in it. Didn't just believe that God, uh, didn't believe that 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 vest would, would stop it. And that's a difference for a lot of us. We need to believe in Jesus Christ, not just that Jesus died for our sins. We need to believe in the fact that Jesus died for our sins. So I would encourage you when you, when you need courage to face what is ahead of you, to, um, to read Hebrews chapter 11, okay? It talks a lot about people of faith. Hebrews 11, 32, 34 says this, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me. He had already talked about many of the major characters in the Bible, but he says this, For the time would fail me to talk of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight because of their faith in God. Now, it goes on to talk also, uh, like I said, I don't want to paint a rosy picture of all this. It goes on to talk about suffering, torture, imprisonment, and death, and much more. But even these did not overcome the faith of those who were walking through it. We have a faithful God that is with us and loves us. So my last point, uh, the last point of this message is the time is now to receive God's love. The time is now to receive God's love. So I'm going to invite the, the worship team back up here for a second. And at some point in our life, most of us in this room have asked, have asked the question, how could God love someone like me? Or made a statement of, such as this, I have done such awful things in my life. Or, I can't believe I messed up again. I want you to really listen and hear the words of this last section of Galatians 2.20. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul recognized that this is a personal relationship. Jesus loves you specifically. Jesus came to offer you the greatest gift of an eternity with him because he cares for you. If you are here this morning and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, ask him into your heart today into your life today, right now. Don't put it off until later or think that you will go to him sometime soon. The time is now. I want to give you an example of how easy this can be. I have a Meadows gift card right here for anyone who wants it. For anyone who wants it, it's right here. I offer it to you. 
<laughs> Tim didn't have to wash my car. He didn't have to mow my lawn. He just had to receive it. He had to receive that gift. Jesus offers anyone that gift of grace. He offers to forgive you of all of your sins and offers you eternal life. All you need to do is receive it. When we receive the gift and put our faith and trust in him, he forgives our sin. And it's just as if we had never sinned. If God is speaking to your heart this morning, I would encourage you to come forward after we sing our final song. We will have a prayer team at the front, and we would love to pray for you for anything or, or answer any questions that you may have. The time is now. The time is now to live for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your gift of grace. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So Lord, we thank you for this gift that you offer us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand it more fully. As we continue to grow closer to you, Lord, I pray that you would grow character in our lives. I pray that you would help our perspective to change and be able to see all that you are. So, Father, we thank you for this, uh, this, these camps that we've had. We thank you for these messages that we've heard. We thank you for just your word and all that it has for us. So, Lord, we put our faith and we put our trust in you. Help us to live as you would want us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.